you. Metal Cough! <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the voice of a man who spent all of Sunday just partying, watching the Niners at SoFi Stadium. You, Danny Trujillo, and Bottomless Mimosas in the suite. All right, we're going to go live. in a, We're going to do YouTube-only shows on Monday and Wednesday as well. Is that what you mean? Should I say that? Yeah, and that's the plan. If I if I can make it home, I don't die. Uh, the the stadium the stadium is is unlike anything you've ever seen. I mean, it's it's really pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's the best stadium in America, and I I don't think there's a close second. Have you been to Jerry uh, World? Yes, I have. It's way better. Now, and why G- is it better than Jerry World? It's just I mean, it's 15 years newer. It's just like newer car. You know, it's just newer. I mean, it's yeah. bigger. It's the look of it that he pulled it off in California. I mean, Jerry pulled it off in Texas. He can fucking do whatever he wants in Texas. You know, I mean, that he was able to do that there. Now, I thought today it was 60 40. You know, I was texting with some people with the Niners, too. I mean, they're sending me pictures of them drinking. And some of the, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, the executives were just getting wasted uh, at SoFi when it cleared out, but it was 60 40. Uh, it, it was just. Old. I mean, I've never been to a roller coaster event quite like that before in my life. Only thing that would have been crazy would have been if I would have had money on it. But I would have lost my mind early on. It we we did. We do have money on it, John. <laughs> it's called a. It's called this business enterprise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, like you, I would have been extra if you know. I, I thought about it. Like, should I just put a thousand dollars on this game, Niners? I would have fucking hated myself the first half. <laughs> it crossed. Would have been a roller coaster the second half. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Um, what was, you sent me a photo early. I didn't realize that on that ring video board up there, they put all the other games up there pregame. Uh, they do. But then once warmups kind of get going, they start doing the warm up stuff. So gotcha. like off Stafford when he's warming up, I, we kept saying like, we, we're all here. We can see them just play the other games. But yeah, for the first, that, that to me is the difference between Jerry's, right? He's got the big video board and most people do right. Uh, the domes like over the middle where, you know how I remember early on guys were hitting it with punts. This one is circular, so the ball just goes right in the middle. Goes it's through. Awesome. It's awesome. But it's like outdoors. Yeah. It's not a dome. It's outdoors. That's what's so cool about it. Oh. It's not a dome. So there, there is openings in all the corners. It is not enclosed. That is awesome. The, the lighting. I mean, how good does that place look on TV? Looks fantastic. Part is just the colors look good. Pops. Oh, my God. We, got, we have got so much to get to, John. This show is brought to you by my bookie. Dot .ag promo code ham and the number 1 mybookie.ag promo code ham and the number 1 where we've got a lock of the week uh Monday night we actually wish had a lock of the week to Sunday as well that was uh, Patriots minus 7 against the uh, Dolphins I uh, look forward to checking up on on that on that one um but you got the national championship game the national championship game is Monday the playoffs the NFL playoffs begin this week we got golf back underway we've got clay back for the warriors We've got um, uh, Major League Baseball futures. No, well, they will uh, match that deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks if you accept the bonus. Do you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds? You can also decline the bonus, but either way, ham one. Let them know we sent you. Also, welcome back, DraftKings, baby. I mean, should we get a playoff game going this week? Maybe uh, a golf game. Why don't Why don't we just do the oh. seven playoff games or the six yeah. playoff games? I love. Why don't it. we do that? I love it. DraftKings, this is where it's at, John. So here's the deal. 18 weeks of the regular season, done. The playoffs are here. DraftKings is the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, and you are not going to want to miss this. 
every one of you, when you use the code HAM, when you sign up at DraftKings, use the code HAM, either download the app or go to the desktop site, code HAM when you sign up, everyone can play for a $1 million top prize in every round of the playoffs. All you do is enter the DraftKings Playoff Football Daily Fantasy Contest, and you'll be eligible for a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. You, you, did you take that one? All right, I'll keep going. So here's how you play. You just draft nine players, right? It's easy. Each player has a, a salary amount. You know that. You got $50,000 uh, for your salaries. You rack up fantasy points for touchdowns, yards, field goals, and so much more. You've played fantasy. But if not, this is a great time to start. Use promo code HAM to get a shot at your share of millions of dollars every round of the NFL playoffs. Your shot at millions of dollars in every round of the NFL playoff. Use promo code HAM to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the NFL playoffs. It's fantastic. We've had a blast doing it. We've been playing a ton in our Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League over the last two years, and we uh, will welcome you back to it. DraftKings, promo code HAM. Here we go. Three, two. Actually, hold on one sec. Look at this clock. And Middlecoff! Hey, behaves! All right, we started the podcast, and then the Raiders-Charger game broke out, and then it went to overtime, and so now we're starting the podcast again. We just hung out for an hour watching the end of that game on YouTube. How fresh are you right now at 9.23 p.m. Pacific? I, I think we started the podcast early on in the fourth quarter. I mean, we watched the entire fourth quarter, watched the entire, obviously, overtime, but that was a pretty legendary, epic game, so we, we made the right call. Uh, what, what a six hours held more than that. Seven hours for the NFL. Incredible. Even the morning was not great. The Steeler game was fantastic. And um, obviously the the Colts charger, there wasn't great football all day. There were two games that were really good early, though. The Colts game was not good, but it was mind-blowing. They lost to the Jags. And uh, and then the Steelers-Ravens game was really good. Steelers had to win that game. Um, for themselves, and they needed they needed to win that game for this game to matter. Like, if the Steelers lost to the Ravens, this game wouldn't have mattered yeah. because the Colts had lost. But because the Steelers won, this game mattered. It almost ended in a tie. We're going to get to the Niners and Rams, too, but we just watched that game. Holy smokes. What a finish. Yeah, NFL's I mean, very happy. It was perfect, right? If that game ended in a tie, like, it would have been – would not have been great. No, it wouldn't have been great at all. But it's crazy how it worked out. Incredible moment. Honestly, you got to feel good for Derek Carr. Part of that franchise for so long when it was so ugly. I mean, it was ugly this year. I mean, think of the shit he's seen and been through to have that moment to get in the playoffs and beat the Chargers. Like, to beat a division game. Remember, I mean, awesome. That was cool. Uh, James on the stream says, I'm 21 from Pittsburgh. It's 12.30 p.m. I guess it's a.m. I have my first day of college classes tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. I can't wait to listen to you guys for two more hours. Let's go, baby. Good luck, James. Have Have fun at school together tomorrow together tomorrow have fun at school tomorrow um yeah okay so some of the stuff that we talked about earlier uh your sofi stadium experience we'll slide that in here and uh some of the stuff we told you about what to do you know like hit that like button we appreciate that it'll be a busy week for us this week um on the show which is which is great uh, Joshua says, is Habern going to mention that he wanted to talk about this exact scenario two days ago? And John said it was impossible. Don't bother talking about it. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> I said it was impossible because there's no way the Jacksonville Jags were going to win that game. And they did. They they haven't lost. I mean, they've how many days would you say it's been since the Colts have won in Jacksonville? Like 2014. Over a thousand days? No, 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 no. no that's more the than Ram- that. The, the, no, the Rams have not beat the Niners in over a thousand days. The oh, okay, Colts. Okay. 
the Colts haven't beat the Jags in Jacksonville since. Remember, we went over it. 2014. Since, yeah. Yeah, 2014. So it's over 1,000 days. It's been a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who, who knows that fucking number? <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with uh, Rams, 49ers. John was there. We talked that, about that a little bit uh, earlier. It was an absolute epic. I mean, an absolute epic. And, you know, I think the story of the day, no question, was teams in must-win games week 18. There weren't a lot of games that really mattered, but the ones that did were incredible. And the Niners have played in some unbelievable games over the last several years. Playoffs on the line is what makes it. Season ending is what makes it. But this one was pretty incredible. And for it to end, I mean, to me, like you you, you and I were talking about this on the last podcast, sports, like crazy shit happens. For it to end with an Ambry Thomas interception was probably kind of perfect, yeah. um, given how you know, unpredictable sports are, but incredible game. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's one of the most, I mean, it's the most remarkable thing I've ever seen live, just the ebb and flow. I mean, they were getting blown out and to end up winning that game to have the lows and the highs, the Jimmy roller coaster. Uh, you just, you're at a loss for words. You know, it's, we were walking, leaving the stadium. There really isn't anything like the NFL when it's at its best Sunday night too, right? When it's just the drama, the, the the game's tight. It's really good. You're on the edge of your seat. And because, you know, we were watching them warm up, and there's just, you know, and they, they use the word a lot, body bag game. I, I saw Debo was using that, and G, I think Jimmy said that to him, and Kittle was saying it. And, you know, the thing with football is you practice all week for this event that becomes like a Broadway show, but it's a Broadway show meets the UFC slash track slash a ball. And it is a violent, I mean, that game today was violent. You know, I mean, the people getting hit, the, the people running for their life. I mean, Jimmy and Stafford just under pressure. Uh, the plays made, you know, obviously, you know, the Niners, Debo, Samuel, the three wide receivers, but, you know, Cooper Cup was fantastic. You know, they, it was just uh, Von Miller had the big sack. I mean, it was it was stars. That That was that was a Broadway show, NFL version. Thirty-five million people probably watching. That's as good as it gets. I mean, it is. I, you're right. It's exactly. It's as good as it gets. And it was. It was almost as bad as it gets. Like you were there, and it's one of those where you're like, at the end of the day, it, you for the rest of your life will never again think about how much money you spent on fifty-yard line tickets for that game. But there was a point in time where it was like, am I going to leave early? Didn't wasn't there a guy next to you that left early at the game? Yeah, he uh when Did you get his punt, name? When they punted, when they punted, he uh looks at me and says, It's over. And I said, I know. <laughs> and he walked away. I didn't I mean he he wasn't crazy. They were gonna punt. Even if they got the ball back, they were gonna have no timeouts. They were gonna have to go assuming they could even punt it. This was right before Robbie. Their punter was their kicker. And then they were if you start doing the math, you're like, Well, they're just gonna get it back at like the fifteen or the twelve or the you know, twenty. They have to go they have to score a touchdown. So he left and uh, never came back. And then Danny Trejo ended up sitting next to me and we watched overtime together and it was awesome. And that guy left. That guy fucking left in that moment. And I, I did it one time with, uh, did you do it too? LeBron James game winner with the Warriors, which is not, I mean, it's just a. Yeah, I remember having the heat. conversation like, let's tell everybody that we stayed. But it's, you know, the regular, you know, random regular season NBA game or baseball. You forget about it. Like in football, especially playoff games or a game like this at week 18, you never forget being there. Like I, I'll never forget the pick of the stick because that got them into the playoffs and the way it ended. I'll never forget. Um, was there another big? 
just being at big Niner playoff. You know, that I, I, I was six. Forget. Weren't you at the game six uh, Warrior game? Weren't you at a Warrior game six NBA finals? It was game seven. It was with LeBron. Oh, game seven. I got a little drunk that time. But this, yeah, it was just, that was just a moment. Like if you were at the Seattle Niner game a couple years ago, you're still tell, you're still talking about that in your friend yeah. groups. Like I mean, we still we still talk about the pick of the sick, and I loved it, but it was not as like you said as good as no, that because you're playing Atlanta. And now you got you into the playoffs, but and it was the last night of the of candle. Anyway, it's when you just have these games that are win or get in. Now the tie, like the Raider game, the tie was at play, but I you have to be a complete fucking loser to root for a tie. I, I refuse to root for the tie, even if it might have been the right because they would have got the Rams <laughs> instead of the Cowboys. Which I, I who knows? I mean, I can they just keep beating the Rams? Maybe, but <laughs> I, I I cannot root for ties. I, I couldn't. I can't do it because people were. It was being talked about in there, right? I mean, everyone's thinking it, watching the game because a tie you're in. Yeah. See, I don't think everyone watching the game on TV. It was not really a conversation until overtime on TV. Like it was not like the Raider Charger game that we you know everyone had thrown the scenarios out for a week. Yeah. So it was not really a conversation. And I think once you're in the game, like how do you, once you're in the game, you're just, anyone that's ever competed just wants to win the game they're playing. They have, what, what is it? Uh, no quarter. Take no prisoners. But the, no quarter means like we're not giving them an inch. Like I don't care if Brandon Staley makes well, the playoff. Here's, here's the thing about sports and just anything, right? You know, entertainment. You want to remember it and remember it being just remarkable or over the top or something you'll never forget. I think the tie is like, that sucked. You know, the, the Raider and Niner game had a moment. If you were the fan of the team that won, you never forget that. Well, especially like imagine the the Rams had to, what, put on a NFC West championship t-shirts after that game? That probably was not, they're, like, they're not framing those photos for their, like McVay's not putting that photo up in his office. Chance right? they didn't. Chance they didn't put the hats put and t-shirts on. Put the t-shirts on. on. Hats and t-shirts. It was a hat and t-shirt game for the Rams. You know what's really good? Uh, but they, I, they knew that, and that's what I started wondering. Did he just tell Stafford, like, who even cares? You know, we already won the division. You mean that throw down the sideline? It's like once you're in the overtime, the don't problem you is knock like, the Niners out? And doesn't that just look like Matt Stafford? Like, that's just what he's been doing. I'm just, here's the other thing. You're the, you're the Rams. You're trying to win the Super Bowl, right? Wouldn't you rather knock out the team that's beaten you five in a row and put the Saints into the playoffs? So well, I, guy, guy, that's what I've been talking about with the tie. Like, why do you want your opponent to get in the playoffs, too? Right, that's what my. Well, thing you don't. I mean, it's not. I don't want to get off on this because Raiders charges. We can talk about it. No, no, no. I know, it. but I'm just saying. Like, you want to beat the Rams. You didn't want to tie. Tying's for fucking losers. That's that's you know soccer, and it's just not that big in this country. Even though it's getting a little bigger, but we don't like that. We want someone to win the game. Well, of course, but there's a scenario where again, this is why well, I don't. There, there was a it. scenario in the in the Niner game. If they tied, they would have got in. Understood, understood. But they didn't have a decision where it's like if we just tie here, we're in. They, that, they were never in that position, right? If you have no time left on the clock and it's go for two to win or kick the extra point for tie, then you kick the extra point, you tie, you end overtime and you go to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I guess they they kicked the field goal. And, uh, I mean, I thought, like, would they go for it? But, you know, when Kittle got tackled, I think Kittle had five catches for, like, 10 yards. <laughs> His line just looks pretty funny. But uh, I'll give Jimmy credit on that throw at the, you know, their their overtime drive. Like, you, can, you just cannot turn it over. That's what all, everyone kept saying. Like, you cannot... Yeah. I'll take a dump down, especially once you got Juwan Jennings got them into field goal range, which felt like I mean I can't from my angle I couldn't see it. Was Robbie just banging those kicks today? Was he? Yeah, he was out so, of the hold of Kyle Uzcheck. I mean Robbie, he played a fucking huge role today on your team. So you you just believe in him. I thought Jimmy checking it down to Kittle 
like he he played very under control on that final overtime drive where uh, interception or something. I mean, it just ends your season, and it was just it was. But back to the Stafford thing. When the ball was in the air, I mean, I thought he was going to – it was like, oh, Amber, this, is this guy going to fall? Bro- he was roasted, right? wasn't roasted, roasted but, but, it was, but, but it was one-on-one coverage. And the Niners, how many one-on-one coverage, even if the guy's been around, have balls been made play – you know, guys on the offense have made plays. I saw Kyle Shanahan when we were driving back to the hotel. Uh, said after the game, when I first saw Ambry Thomas, basically like I never thought in a million years we'd be where we are today. Basically, like that sound that might sound harsh, but wait, he's saying when he saw him like in single coverage on Odell. No, no, no. When he like saw when him he saw earlier in the season, you know, oh, like when he oh. saw him in practice, and I bet he was playing scout team against his offense, and they are abusing him. Now you would be like, well, yes, Debo. <laughs> Who the fuck? How do you cover that guy? But basically, his quote was, "This guy's come a long way because he was pretty good today. Like the, their DB that was giving it up was twenty seven, and I didn't understand like." And I under you know, D'Amico, you can only do so much, but you can't keep putting twenty seven on ten. That was early on in the game. They had it was third and ten, third and eight, third and eleven. It was just this is they're gonna lose this way. This is crazy. So the irony slash like I don't even know the right adjective to describe it of a corner actually winning them the game with a pick. Cause Mosley has been good. Like to me, that's not him and Tart, like make plays. But but I will say this, like this is where Stafford comes into play, right? Is if you play a game where Stafford throws the ball enough, maybe he is just destined to eventually throw an interception or two if he's going to throw it up enough. Do you have his and line? Do you have his the box? Yeah, tw- twenty one to thirty two, two thirty eight, three touchdowns. But he was fifteen of sixteen in the first half, which means in the second half he was five of twelve for seventy six yards. Okay, yeah. I don't have his. I don't have his over. Uh, what's his overtime? Well, I mean, they basically went three. You know, maybe they got one first down. Yeah. What, so he was one of four in overtime, John. So that means he was six of sixteen after halftime. That's I think pretty it's, terrible. I, I, here's what's weird. You want Stafford to throw just because what he's been doing the second half of the season, the numbers speak for itself. But you're watching the game thinking. And any time that you know your team so well, like you just anyone listening to this, watching this, watch the game. You watch every 49er snap of Kyle's career. Like you just you know the strengths and weaknesses of all the players. Besides probably some guards and centers, you don't because you're not watching them. But like all the skill guys, the linebackers, the running backs, you got a pretty good beat on it. And you're just thinking to yourself, why do they not just continue to pass? There's no way to stop it. Every time you run it against the Niners, and I would just say in general, the t- it goes back to the Titan game, is a huge win for the Niners. And I just don't get, and I I couldn't be a coach. I have no desire to be a coach. These coaches are crazy. Like, it's, what are we doing? Like, what, we have to establish a run for what? They cannot guard Cooper Cup. He was killing them, guy. Killing them. And Stafford, when he threw it to him, it always looked good. Yeah. No, he was. Uh, he was. I thought Cooper Cup. I was like, am I watching the white Jerry Rice? I, I thought that. I was like, this guy is, because I, I, I don't talk shit about him, but in my back of my head, I'm like, is this guy really this good? You watch him live, you're like, that guy's a badass. Like that guy today, you know, like you left Debo, Vaughn Miller, you're just the stars. It's like that guy's a star. He was five for eighty-five in the first half, two for thirty-four in the second half. He, yeah, you're right. He felt uncoverable, and I'm sure he's probably one of the things that's like worth the price of admission. How sweet was you like can't watch receivers the same way on TV as you can in person. What you thought was going to be the game-winning touchdown, potentially, 
yeah. when they ran like Cooper on this little like loop and then he shot toward the back of the corner of the end zone. I'm like, that's a pretty good play. <laughs> he made two that catch and the catch he made pre- earlier on the drive was like, how did he? Wasn't I, Jimmy I Ward there Just both really times? Good. Wasn't yes. Jimmy there both times? Yes. Who the else? Kind of like went through his hands. So I'll give D'Amico credit. Arms. He took 27 off of him and he put he put Jimmy on him. And it's just hard. I mean, Jimmy's just right there. You know, it's just Stafford, the ball that he hit before the touchdown on on that one where he got blitzed and threw it up there, that was, like, that's the NFL. Like, that level of throw. Love Jimmy, and I will talk about him later. A lot of respect. I don't know Jimmy's got that one in the back. (laughs) Now, I'm not Stafford. I I got him red flagged. (laughs) I think they are no lock to win this week, but that was a remarkable throw. Championship throw. Like, those are the throws that you make you a legend in the Super Bowl when you hit that throw. Yeah. yeah, the problem is he just won't be in the Super Bowl. No, like the, the you just leave this and you go. Now it's a matchup thing, but there is something that the Niners have, and this is it's different because the plays are different, and and the Harbaugh teams are just a little bigger, right up the D line. They just you know Bowman and Willis are just a different level of Greenlaw and Fred, but Kyle that the toughness of the team, it is hard not to love a team when they're just like our guys are fucking tough. Yeah, you know our guys are just tough. Like it I include, the, it includes about the, 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 the Steelers, the Saints, like I got a bunch of respect for the, you hear this a lot with college coaches and when all these NFL guys are going to get hired and they're going to talk culture, you see culture, like the Niners <laughs> culture is we're going to fucking throw haymakers and they could easily tapped out like my guy, my next door neighbor that walked out. But even before that, I mean, I, it was I, the money's the money. It's gone. It was more that you buy a movie ticket, you buy a game ticket and you never know what you're going to get, especially with a game. Probably more in a movie, you have some idea. With a game, you truly have no clue. And it really felt, until that drive in at the end of the half, and you didn't know what to really make of it. I was like, I didn't want to put too much stock in that, the three points. But are they going to lose this game 38-7? to seven? Well, it was kind of like the Texans, right, at the end of the half where they just got a good drive going. And then, it, as it turned out, it did kind of roll into the next half. And I did think one thing that stood out, well, I don't want to get to Jimmy yet, although... I won't get the Jimmy yet. The other thing I'll say, just big picture on the game, and then we can get to some other specifics, was the defensive front was fantastic. Now, there were times when they didn't get there and Stafford did make a play, but he was under pressure the whole game. I mean, you know who's really, you know who's really good? Eric Armstead was really good. Well, you had two and, and a half sacks. Two and a half sacks. Bosa was obviously really good. They do such a phenomenal job. I mean, it's undeniable, the development that they do obviously having bolster arms to these are physical freaks, but like every guy they add becomes a contributor on defense up front. Yeah. It's he changed, it's incredible. He, he, he changed our keys career, right? He's going to get him a contract. Yeah. Might not be too crazy, but he'll get him a one, six million or two, ten. You know, that's this guy. There is something in football. Like, you know, what it turns out watching that game, like George Kittle, Jalen Ramsey, Trent, who let's keep our fingers crossed can make a, it, it, him on the sideline made me feel pretty good. I know Kyle said after he did, he got there early today, like he desperately wanted to play. I think Trent's proven like tough guy. So I'm not, you know, he couldn't play, couldn't play. But when you have just these unreal players that just continue to get better, and part of it is coaching, and, and I think Sean's really good too. Like, I mean, I, for whatever reason, like, but Sean has made Cooper Cup a star. Right under his watch, those guys on offense get better. Under Kyle's watch, those guys improve. Under this defensive line coaches, watch that guy. You know, I would guess Chris Kasarek makes one point five million dollars. Now he might not be. You know, I don't know if a, another coach would feel comfortable making him his defensive coordinator. Maybe he's just you know a line guy. He doesn't know. 
you know, coverages as well. Cause that's, you know, that's Jerry as chips guy that everyone talks shit about that. He just, he's a good defensive line coach, Armstead Buckner, all those years, you know, with, uh, when they got to the Eagles, like he does a good job, but he doesn't know what he's doing like, as a coverage guy. But when you're as good as Kacarek or you have a friend like chip, but that guy made a mistake. He went to be the defensive coordinator. Kacarek, you can make, you can be a $2 million defensive line coach. But what, what is he worth to Kyle and Jed and John? What's he worth? What's he worth to Bosa and Armstead? If I'm those guys, like, hey guys, we got to keep this motherfucker around. I, I give you, G, I give Jerry credit with Kellen Moore. You just the best part about the no salary cap with the coaches, like you can cut big boy checks. And even big boy checks for coaches are not big boy checks for players. So a coach that gets a lot more out of a player than his salary is an invaluable asset, right? Well, like, well what difference does it make to that? Like we talk about all the time. If you said, okay, you're gonna go from paying him one and a half to two point two five, all right? Let's like pay him way more money than anybody. Let's, let's just pay. let's just use a picket. Even though he's making one million dollars this year. Okay, so let's say you go. double it to two. Right? Imagine where you spend that one million dollar from a player standpoint. And this one doesn't counting as the cap. The the guys you sign for a million dollars, you do not get by and large the value on those players that you get out of your out of your defensive line coach. Facts. And this is, and sometimes you know the head coach who happens to be the coordinator. This is the best thing about Kyle is you never have to worry your coordinator leaving. Because Debo has become a star, and Kyle d- deserves credit, so does Wes Welker. And Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick. But y- when you can take a Juwan Jennings, like watching that guy live, I've been to now a decade worth of game. you know, I- I've been to a lot of NFL games over the last 10, 11 years. You watch that guy, and you go, this guy physically is a legitimate NFL player, right? I mean, he pops on the TV, breaking the tackles, the size, how smooth he catches the ball. When you can't, and think of what they just did. They replace Bourne with him. Like that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to replace. It's obviously impossible to replace stars. Like if Nick Bosa disappears, you're fucked. When George Kittle was out of the lineup, the Niners are in trouble. I, don't, I mean, even Trent Williams. I don't know how they did it, uh, but somehow they did it. But th- this is not. They cannot. You know, they're gonna. They can't beat the Cowboys without Trent Williams. You see, and those. You have to have Trent Williams back. If you don't, like that's a major problem. Michael Parsons is gonna beat the shit out of any one of these random offensive linemen that most people watching have not heard of unless you're like a draft nerd. Because that was, see, when you're at the game, I had to rely on you. Like, immediately I got three texts. Trent Williams out, WTF. That was a crazy moment probably, I'm sure, when you saw it online, right? Yeah, yeah. Because then we immediately, me and Scotty go, listen, you're going to lose, you're going to lose. But couldn't this just be a, like, mono versus mono, our best players versus your best players and have it out? And now you take away the Niners against a pass rush Aaron Donald, I didn't really notice him today. They were doubling him on every play, I think. So it's just every replay was just four hands on on Donald. The Niners' best players today, and Jennings, were just fantastic war daddies. Like that, that is, and this is the Har- Harbaugh guys really had it right. Now some of those guys, I think this Niner group, and I don't know these guys personally, besides like Usechek who texts a little bit, but they really seem like pretty good guys. Right, the Niners had some dudes that were, you know, Alden, Ray McDonald. I mean, going to pr- going to jail, getting arrested a lot. But like Bowman and Willis, high level guys. Also with those, like they had a lot of competitive. Frank Vernon. They also had a lot of high level guys too. But they also like this Niner team does not have Ray McDonald beating women on the side, right? But Ray McDonald at the time was a huge part of like their toughness. The Niners guys, the toughness they have with like their high character guys. That it's. And again, people are going to act like I'm not trying to compare them to the Patriots, but one thing the Patriots have always had, for the most part, over like the last decade, 
is they have really impressive guys who are badasses. Like Gronk and Edelman. And just guys like McCourty, Slater. It's like, I want to go to war with that guy. Now, am I going to win every game? Well, if you're Bill, you did win most of them. The Niners, it's been a little more difficult. But it's like, I want to be in the Aaron Hernandez. But he's been gone. I'm talking the last decade. He's been Uh-oh. gone now. So, you know, so, I don't know. He's coached for 20 years. You're bound to have some bad apples. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah, if, if I, you're going to take a swing, you just like, I got a chance. And you, you may lose. But it's like those guys today, their best players are just like, and I, um, Elijah Mitchell, that guy just fits in with the crew. It's like, I'm a badass. Hand me the rock. How many tackles? I mean, I, I can, you can see his sweet runs, but on TV, you see him like breaking tackles, I'm sure. That guy was awesome today. Well, like when you say box score scout, I don't know what 21 for 85 and four yards per carry tells me about Elijah Mitchell, but it's not anything close to what I saw him do on the field. And just listening to you talk kind of crystallized the argument. Um, somebody sent me a tweet today that was, uh, uh, Matt Nagy's uh, career record versus Kyle Shanahan's career record. Was he's better? like, Nag- Nagy's been to the playoffs. No, it's not better. It's different, right? Because he's coached less years. But, he's like, but Matt Nagy's been to the playoffs, what, twice? Kyle's been once in five years if they lose today. This did, was- the Bears, did the Bears have a bye this week? They even play? <laughs> I didn't, they started I didn't see- Andy Dalton. <laughs> there was one clip even- There was one clip on Red Zone where he's like, uh, uh, Dalton gets sacked and uh, Siciliano or Scott Hansen's like a, uh, Matt Nagy told uh, uh, Andy Dalton, "We're gonna we're gonna start you, but we're not gonna give you any offensive linemen." And I mean, it was just a rush. If you said a guy walked through this door right now and said, "John, here's a thousand dollars. Can you tell me who the Bears play?" I, I'd have no clue. I mean, I could probably get in my mind, kind of work through some of the games and get close, yeah. but I I could not tell you that they had a game today. Viking, they lost to the Vikings. Um, but just listening, you talk kind of crystallized for me. You know, when we debate Kyle Shanahan's. And obviously making the playoffs a big part of Kyle Shanahan's resume. I'd say getting to 10 wins. I'm having a double-digit win season again. Double-digit win season, yeah. Beating the Rams six times in a row now is a big part of his resume, given how good McVay is and how good the Rams are. But I think in the debate of is Kyle Shanahan a good head coach or just a really good offensive coordinator, and I don't think it's even a debate that's being had right now, but it is kind of a side conversation that goes on. I think the part that can't be ignored with that, we can talk about personnel decisions some, the Jennings one was a very good one, but his he clearly had his program has a culture, an established culture that doesn't really waver, um, even when it's down seventeen to nothing in an elimination game. And I think his culture is a physical one. I think the culture of his team is a mental one as well. There is a mental toughness with the Niners. There is a say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a mental and physical toughness with Jimmy Garoppolo, a certain baseline of it that he just has. Um, and I do think that has to be anytime we have the conversation, whatever comes in the postseason, whatever comes next with Trey Lance, I don't know. But I, I do think the conversation about Kyle Shanahan has to include, yes, he's a great play caller. Yes, he has an established culture, which is a head coach thing, right? Because yeah. it, it's on his defense, too. I would say watching over Christmas. And listen, how good of a scout this guy is. It's only the thing with scouts, like we can tell coaches, right? It's Hightower's not very good. He's just not. I mean, he almost guy almost gave up a touchdown today. Is that the play Wisnowski got killed on? Did he get yes. concussion on that play? Yes. Of course, because he was the last guy of defense. They had a sweet wall. That was an awesome. The Niners, he Hightower's a mark. And you know You notice it, the Rams kicked it into the end zone in overtime. Their kick Debo was back there. Their kicker was bombing it. They put Debo, Debo back, back there. Debo was back there a couple times. Oh, was I he? he was, I think he was back there in the fourth quarter, too. Is back to what I was saying. Like, I, I don't think you know, and I always felt this when I got fired as a scout. Like, who knows my work? 
You know, like who knows besides like Howie and Lewis. But as a coach, like Kacarek, like you just get to watch positions. You go, God, I bet Wes Welker, wouldn't it be shocking if Wes Welker doesn't become an offensive coordinator in the next couple of years? Played for Bill, played with Peyton, fucking Kyle's got Howie, now. Yeah, I mean, you would think is a good interview, but, you know, receiver, receiver, you don't quite, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who, I don't know either, but you would just say his, you know, his career. I think he, did he have the ecstasy moment? Maybe that is something to keep Yeah, class. see, I'm not positive on that one. Yeah, now I'm talking it out. But, but okay, whether he leaves or not, we know Wes Welker's probably pretty good at his job, right? Kyle wouldn't have him coaching that position. Like, he's good. We don't know about John Lynch, but John Lynch going in the Hall of Fame it just forces you to watch a lot of those highlights of John Lynch. And then if you watch his football life and anyone, the way they talk about him, highest character guy in the building, Stanford educated, everyone fucking beloves him, yet he played like he would have played like George Kittle or Aaron Donald or just some absolute killer. And I I can't, it has to play a big role in just that when he talks to a guy, like he has to, like he brings value. He's just too smart and just his playing career, you know, Kyle's going to get all the credit and deservedly so. That's what happens when you're the head coach. But I, I think John has to clearly doing some shit of just like adding some value. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sometimes you miss with trying to build a team that way. Um, right. Like you overdraft for. Well, Bel- Belichick's been doing it for 20 years. He's just all, like, he missed on a lot of picks because they always talking to a guy that used to work there. He told, they just really, really valued the intelligence aspect. So because, you get your Cleveland Furls and your Solomon Thomases, right? And I think my, I think Mayock and John were kind of similar in that. And you got You're right. There is, when you get Devin White, you just got to pull the trigger. But there's also like you, you end up with Max Crosby and Hunter Renfro and Jawan Jennings and Jimmy. I mean, I give him a lot of credit on Jimmy Ward. I would have probably moved on from Jimmy Ward when Kyle first got here. I'm like, I don't think this. Kyle loved him. And Jimmy Ward has played. Jimmy Ward's a culture guy. Give Bonky some credit. Like Jimmy Ward is a guy you just want around. Now he's flawed. I'd say Tart a, the same thing. He's a tough. Tart just like walked out of the game late in the game. It's like Tart. There's like 10 minutes. What are we doing here? I don't know what his injury was. He went in the blue tent and never saw him again. Yeah. Hufunga was out there for a minute. You're like, oh my God, this is. He got hurt. Yep. <laughs> yep. This is going to be a problem. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, they, it I, is. I just, I just think that they're just tougher than the Rams. And there's a culture of toughness that the Niners just have. And the Rams are fucking amazing. Amazing might be strong, but they just won 12 games. They won the division. Like the, the Niners would trade to be in their shoes, to be a home game and division champ, right? But when they play, there's just there's just something they got that the Rams don't. And I, it's weird, right? Because you'd say Ramsey, Donald, I mean, Vaughn's an, a legend. Like they got tough guys. Whitworth yeah. is just old, but he's, I think Andrew Whitworth is viewed as like a tough guy. You yeah, know? yeah. He just might not be. One of their problems is when you do the trade stuff they do. Now, the Niners are going to miss first-round picks, too, but how do you find, like, they have no avenue to get offensive linemen. You know where you usually draft offensive linemen? Pretty high, and they always trade picks. Like, they, they've had to, do you think ideally, again, this guy follows me on, on Instagram. I saw Andrew Whitworth, so I, I like the guy. But do you think ideally you want a 40-year-old playing left tackle for you when you're trying to win a Super Bowl? That's a, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. He kind of, he, remember, he kind of came back for them because they was like, what are we going to do? We don't yeah. have... We don't have an avenue to find the guy. Yeah, the, Ni- the Niners got lucky in there. They they would have been a little shit out of luck, right? <laughs> they were given a gift from Trent. You mean when Trent Williams didn't sign with the Chiefs? 
but even going back, remember like Minnesota wanted to trade for him and extend him, and he said, no, I want to go to the Niners. Culture. Just, just to get him around. And you'd say this, Trent being with Kyle last year in a tough year, clearly now they paid him. But I think Trent really enjoyed I mean, his best friend on the team is Debo Samuel. Did you see some of the some of the videos going viral of those two guys? Yeah. In the locker they, room? I mean, the fact that he, you know, we've talked about it before, but the fact that he wanted to be a Niner, uh, you know, you go back, The one of the differences is the dedication to running the football. If you're looking for differences, right? Especially now, the Rams have struggled to kind of. They've tried. They've had running backs hurt. Um, once upon a time, they definitely did it at a better rate than they've they've done it lately, especially today. Well, they had a they had a, star, that, they had a star running back once upon a time, right? Yeah. Um, and they rode them, but the Niners came out for that second half. They score on Debo Samuel has scored the same exact touchdown nine times this year. It feels like right. That just like run around right around either tackle and just turns it and it's always like a seventeen yard touchdown. But why um, why why are you able to do that though? Because you have two guys that are you know well, they have a Pro Bowl fullback and a Pro Bowl tight end who just will get down and dirty all game long, all game long. Yeah, you, I, I look down a couple so, times with Uzcheck celebrating. It's like I, I don't think he gets talked about that often, and just as part of the being the low man. <laughs> Uh, you just, it's, it's awesome to watch. So they score the touchdown, make it 17 to 10. Then they get a punt because D'Amico blitzed. That was where D'Amico blitzed on third down. And, uh, Dre Greenlaw got to, that was the play that I thought they might penalize Greenlaw on. I thought they might penalize Greenlaw on the third and seven. Anyway, they punt. Then the Niners come out and have 10 straight runs to the Rams 24. And then John. A miracle of miracles. Stan Kroenke's roof opened up, and God touched down Kyle Shanahan's playbook and said, "Finally, a trick play will work." And uh, the Debo trick play to Juwan Jennings, which watching live, could you tell there was a? I mean, how open? Describe that play. Well, Scotty was locked in. He said, "Throw the ball." I just assumed that Debo was going to run it, and then he threw it, and it was awesome. Even though he almost dropped it, he double caught it. Double caught it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. The game that we thought he uh, may never start again. And, you know, one thing I was thinking watching him was he's seen Tom Brady do a lot of incredible stuff. I don't know if we've used the word grit a lot with Jimmy, but, you know, you look back through the history of Tom Brady's playoff career. I'm not comparing Jimmy Garoppolo to Tom Brady here, but not every game's perfect. And that's, you know, life is made up of most days where you don't feel feel amazing from the second you wake up to the second you go to sleep. You got to get shit done anyway. And to me, that was Jimmy's day today. Like, hey, man, I'm not pulling you out of this game. Your thumb hurts as much as it hurts. We got to find a way. And I thought the drive at the end of the first half, he was pretty damn good. Like, he made some really good throws when he was had time and wasn't rushed. And I, he, like, his, the physical nature of his throws was pretty good. In the end, 23 of 32, 72%, 316. Two interceptions, one in the baby zone, which was the crazy Jalen Ramsey. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it was a it was a bad throw to Kittle. He kind of Kittle was I don't even think looking was Kittle looking. Yeah, Kittle stumbled. Oh, that's and then it was, was going to be a bad throw either way. I mean, he was yeah. he was behind and high a lot today. It was just a great play after that by by Ramsey though. But what do you think of Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, you got to I got to tip my hat to him. He was he earned my respect today. That that was a that was a gut check. That was, I learned under Bill, Josh, and Tom. That was, I've been through shit with Kyle. 
That was a drafted my replacement who literally just started last week and had some moments. And then to be getting your ass kicked like that. The other thing you said about his arm strength, being there live, his arm looked really good. He was throwing BBs. And maybe it's just because he gets rid of the ball so fast, but like, I don't think the naked eye could tell that Stafford throws it that much harder than Jimmy. And he's going to throw the picks. And you just, they avoided it somehow. But he made some plays. That that final drive, I thought when they punted, it was the craziest fucking thing ever. Even though, I mean, looking back, it's like fourth and 18, you go, the game's probably over. You had three timeouts. But like, what if they run a route to Cooper Cup and the game might have ended? Yeah. So they punted with 150 left is what they punted with. And they got it back with 127. The throws he made when they got it back, the Ayuk throw was good. The Debo throw is one of Jimmy's best throws as a 49er. Yeah. In kind of that honey hole between the safety and the corner. The corner who just happens to be, I don't know, their best player who's long, who leaps for the ball. The angle that I had, when he leaped and went parallel – I thought I didn't think he was gonna. You could kind of tell the angle he it wasn't gonna hit him in the hands, like to catch it. But I thought he might knock it down. And then he's on the ground right when they completed it. So he gets to take off. And I think Debo said the only reason I didn't score is because I had my shirt untucked, <laughs> which happens to Debo sometimes. But that, yeah, I'd say that play, like that to me was the most remarkable play I thought of the day. It was it, the other thing that was incredible about that play was that Debo had to. Debo was facing the sideline. His shoulders were to the sideline. He had to turn completely around. He turned facing the ball, turned the other way, caught it, and then just kept running the other way, which is incredible. I'm no, I'm no dick with Bo, but I, I think Jalen was told because they have no timeouts, he's guarding the sideline. They don't want to run like a 20-yard out or something to lead him out yeah. of bounds. And this is where he showed a lot. I mean, they go through what he went through last week, and it felt like he's just over. Now, Kyle clearly wasn't over with Kyle, but – to come out of the halftime down 17-3 and to come back and make some of those throws that he made. The, the Jennings throw, I, got, I didn't see the replay. Was he just wide open? Yeah, he was wide-ass open. Someone blow? Like, how did he get so open? <laughs> you talking about the touchdown? or the? I'm talking the about the touchdown that basically took him to overtime. Yeah, but there was another Jennings play on that on that drive, which was a pretty good throw, too, from Garoppolo. Your, bo- like your boy, your boy here play. immediately when Jennings scores throws up, too. <laughs> I started thinking it too, and then they they made they had just made the point, or maybe they hadn't made the point yet on TV that a tie got them to got them to the postseason. Um, by the way, uh, it wasn't over for Kyle and Jimmy. That that'll be what you're saying next year, Week One, when Garoppolo's starting for the 49ers. He wins a couple uh, of playoff games. It's no, it's no, uh, no. Well, it's, I, I, I do, I do think he made some throws today. We were talking about this in the car ride back to the first round pick to the Marriott. You know, just blue car guy here. Uh, internet, you know, actually kicking back in, is that those throws, what would the football team, what would some of these teams that don't have quarterbacks, the Giants, do for that? That's why we keep saying he's clearly a starter. But again, what we're talking about is a separate, and I don't want to have this conversation tonight necessarily because I'm I'm celebrating Jimmy tonight, John. No, My my point is is he he proved he's worth more than I think I talk about sometimes. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Depends. teams for sure. They don't have quarterbacks, guy. You got to get some bidding. Maybe he's worth a third. But I don't. I'm not like saying. The, I'm not saying a first. I'm just saying his value today. Like how many guys have that in the back? He outplayed Stafford when it mattered. But but this is what I'm getting at though is like, it's you play a quarterback with a plays a button down game and and you're not beating them, right? But that's okay. That's he threw two interceptions. This is what it is. No one's playing perfect games in the it's the playoffs or a playoff level game. People aren't playing perfect games. 
And certainly Matthew Stafford's not playing a perfect game. So, I mean, Jimmy's kind of on the the franchise with the iconic late-game quarterback, Joe Montana, and then he goes and plays for the franchise, right? He, he plays for the Niners, the iconic late-game quarterback team. Then he goes and learns first from the iconic comeback Tom Brady team. And he had multiples. I mean, the one he had at the end of regulation. I mean, two basically season-saving drives in one game. In two drives. Two season-saving drives in two drives. The touchdown to tie the game. And then the drive that had multiple big plays on it. A third down conversion to Juwan Jennings. um, Was, I mean, probably the biggest. He's had multiple moments now in his career with the Niners. On the road, final week of the season. Just fucking made plays. Now, this was more of a roller coaster ride, I think, if we look back on that, the Seattle game. But that, I, I can't get over the throw to Debo. That was, I think, the best throw of his career. It was the best throw of his career. You know what's funny is when was, I saw how, it. How long was that throw? Like 25 yards in the air? It was a long throw. I don't know the exact yardage, but I know that when I saw it, I thought I was like getting ready to tweet, like, that's as hard as Jimmy Garoppolo's ever thrown a ball. And then you watch the replay. Like, I thought I was going to watch him, like, wind up, put his whole body into it. But he didn't. He just threw it. No, I mean, it was really – he just threw it normal. It was incredible. Yeah. Now, he did have, you know, the ball behind Debo that was right before the Juwan Jennings goal line touchdown. He did it again in the overtime. He just missed some of those balls. That's part of the deal. That's just part of the deal. Yeah, I mean, he was a roller coaster today. A good roller coaster. A respectful roller coaster. He is – He was a roller coaster. I think he's got to be one of the most exciting players. Like, it's just in a good way. It comes with the bad, comes with the good. But what's undeniable is as mad as he makes some some people sometimes, um, he is a good quarterback. He's a starting NFL quarterback, like you said. Who can, I mean, better than starting. Like, he's just, these are moments that. What I think he is, is he's a top probably 20 quarterback who can have moments in games that a lot of those guys in the teens just don't ever have. And I think it gets back to the toughness. I think it gets back to the way he was raised in terms of in football raised, yeah. the people he's been around. And he's just a tough guy. He's got some flaws. <laughs> it's it's pretty nuts that they overcame his picks. It, it really is. Cap speaking on uh, the YouTube stream says, we almost had three 100-yard receivers today. 107 for Ayuk, 95 for Debo. 94 for Jennings. Wow. I got a few people tweeted at me like, uh, Jennings is everything that Jamal Hurd was supposed to be. And I would say... Jalen? Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurd. It's not... Exa- I mean, it's it's funny. Uh, Jalen Hurd was supposed to be like a running back too, but... Yeah. But like Juwan, you said I mean, earlier... Juwan Jennings is just a good football player. I just, seventh round pick. I mean... It's, yeah, I, I think sometimes when you draft a guy and he gets a hype machine, we probably played a role in that. It just he was never going to be that. Now he always got hurt. Like this guy is just this guy's playing in the NFL. Like this guy's not going away, right? Like it was pretty clear after like a year of Kendrick Bourne, you're like, they're not going to be able to keep this guy one day. Yeah. Now Juwan Jennings is pretty new to the scene, <laughs> right? He's still got a ways to go. I think this is like his second year in the league. But holy shit, he made some plays today, breaking tackles, getting open. It was awesome. You hope that he's eventually not affordable for them and they have to replace them again john before we go any further let's tell the people about sleep number sleepnumber.com slash ham john is a 30 he likes his sleep number bed 
soft. My sleep number is 60. I like it firmer. We'll find out what they got for John at the Marriott tonight. Hope he's able to recover. I know what's going to be really important for you, Middlecoff, is your Monday night sleep when you get back to your bed. In the new year, here's a resolution. Make sleep your number one goal. Whether you've set out to exercise more, eat healthier, maybe for you parents out there, have a little more patience. Maybe for you people who just get stuck in traffic like me, have a little more patience. Most of the resolutions that you make will benefit from more sleep and from it's not just about more. It's not just about raw hours. It's about quality sleep. Okay, keep, this keep is going, the key. Guy. Keep it going. This is the key to overall health. This is the key to performance. This is the key to mental well-being. You can make healthier decisions in the kitchen. You can make healthier decisions for your workout when you're well rested. Big These things all work hand in hand. John, you know what we call it, John? We call it complimentary football. Okay, so right now go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or by going to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Podcast also brought to you by betterhelp.com slash hampod. Betterhelp.com slash hampod. BetterHelp, we are sponsored by BetterHelp, which is online therapy. When you go to BetterHelp.com slash HamPod, what happens? Well, you get options, okay? You can chat with somebody. Just You don't have to put your camera on if you don't want to do that, okay? You just want to get into a little conversation in a safe environment. You can do that before you, you know, maybe you're not comfortable yet. You can do that with just a little chat if that's what you want. You can find licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma. Anything you share is, of course, confidential. This is convenient. It's affordable. You can check out more of the testimonials that are on the site daily at BetterHelp.com slash HamPod. You don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Nothing like I watched that uh, the Will Ferrell. Uh, did you watch that movie? I saw it recently. Or that show? I saw it recently. It was a little much for me, but uh, I watched it. And there was always like the moment when one person comes out, another person goes in, and it's like, oh, you you hear the you hear like the last piece of advice yeah. that the you know professional gave that person, but that doesn't happen. Okay, you get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. So if you want to start living a happier life today as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash hampod. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash hampod. I rode you like Debo there. I didn't want to risk you know, <laughs> the, the audio. I want to hit on something on Kyle Shanahan as, as a okay. coach, as the offensive yeah. coordinator. Okay. I thought he really took over today. And I, I thought he had a moment, obviously coming out of halftime, scoring that ball, right? They score at a halftime to make it 10 to 17. Then they get, I think, a three and out. And then they get the ball back. And that's yep. when they ran it completely down their throat, which felt like 75 five yard runs, maybe a couple like six, seven yard runs in there. It was just, we're coming at you left, coming at you right, the same plays. His toss play, but it's not a long toss play. It's like the toss where the guy's kind of right there, and then he just kind of runs it right up. It was Elijah or Debo. And that was a moment where Kyle, and this is you and I talk about this all the time, ad nauseum almost, why it's so important to have your coach, whether it's Andy Reid, Sean Payton, you know, these offensive guys that can just take over the game as a play caller. 
And he had a moment today where it was like he flipped it into gear. And it was like watching a guy in his zone calling those plays and then hit the trick play, the timing of that. Why? I missed Juwan Jennings sneaking out because why wouldn't he keep running the ball? That's what he does. It was perfectly timed. And the thing with the trick play, anyone knows this listening, the timing of it, right? Sometimes you can just completely fool people. And it's like, God damn, I didn't even know what the hell that thing was. But on a play like the Niners ran, like a double pass or run play, when it's, when it's a variation of what you've been running, that was genius. And it worked. That's as, that's as good of a trick play as I ever remember Kyle calling. Maybe they've done something like meaningless gains, but in a big game, that was awesome. Yeah, that so that they drive, went, John, they went, they went was, berserk, guy. I mean, Debo hit the ground. They they went apeshit the sideline after that play. Apeshit. <laughs> well, they've had a lot of trick plays, and and like, you know, not a lot, but they've tried to have other people throw the ball, and it doesn't really seem to work that that well for them. Um, Elijah seven yard run, Elijah two yard run, Hasty four yard run, Debo eight yard run, Debo five yard run, Elijah Mitchell six yard run. Elijah Mitchell three yard run, Jimmy for a yard, kind of scrambled out. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Elijah Mitchell nine yards. That might have been the toss play. Elijah Mitchell five yards, and then bam, Debo touchdown pass. Juwan Jennings. When they hit that, I thought they could win the game. That was the first time I thought they could win the game because even still, they're driving on that drive. They're down seventeen to ten. Right. It's a long way to go, but when they hit that, I'm like, this is on like Donkey Kong. And then I think the next drive, Stafford threw the pick to Mosley. So then they got the ball back, seventeen to seventeen. My memory serving me correct there. Um, the next, sorry, notes, notes. Yes, correct. That that moment was like they're not winning the game, but are they going to win by twenty? Like, the the, I, I the gotta, Garoppolo I gotta, play was a third down sneak, third and one. I, I got a text from a buddy who's on a really really good team as an executive. And he texted me after the Stafford pick. He said the Rams are shook. And it felt like that in the stadium. Like they were shook. Yeah. Because you just got hit with the, with, the, with the trick play. And then Stafford throws the pick. And those guys, it, did, did they click feet? Why was he down? They clicked feet, yeah. Oh, they did. Shouldn't be down for clicking feet, but they clicked feet. When I think that, that happened, was the moment. They went, I mean, that was, that was equally as crazy as the double pass. Well, the, the thing your buddy texted you was the same thing that that Buck and Aikman were talking about because then they had a shot of the sideline. They're like, look, McVay had like a circle of guys around him. They're like, look, it's not just offensive players that he's talking to. Like it was a, it was a motivational speech. Like fellas, that wasn't the whole team, but yeah, it was the, the, the I think that came through on the TV too, that it felt like they were, they were reeling. And that's, and you know, look, how did the Niners get to the Super Bowl of 2019 by being one of the best running teams in the, in the league, right? Yeah, it's just we talked about culture earlier. It's it's part of the same conversation. And it's why when you talk about running the ball, I mean, and you see offensive linemen, I think we've talked about this. Jeff Schwartz, I remember I saw him tweeting about this the other day, but coaches will talk about it like running the part of the reason you run the football is to establish a style of play that gets your players ready, that 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 prepare not just prepares them, but puts them in a mindset that's that ultimately a lot of some a lot of people think is required in in order to to win at the highest highest levels in the sport because it's trans- be willing it, well, to get it, it down trans- and dirty. it translates to big games toughness always translates i think toughness i say this all the time i mean it translates in life you know successful people most of them aren't 
mentally weak. You don't have to, obviously, in a lot of professions, you don't have to physically exert yourself. But you got to be, you, you don't meet people who are, who are successful in life that aren't mentally have some, yeah, I, some shit to them. I agree. I would say you don't meet people that are successful that haven't failed. Right. And that's what, that's part of what it is. Cause running can be hard. Like, you know, the, the guys who only want to throw, there is, I, I wouldn't, I know we call it soft. I think the game is still hard. Right. But you can beat a lot of you, especially in college, more so than the NFL. You can kick a lot of people's ass just throwing the ball all the time. Harbaugh's had a lot of success. Oh, you, oh, you're saying throwing the ball? Yeah, but I mean, you can yeah. win a bunch of you can win a bunch of regular season games in college football just throwing the ball nonstop. Yeah, T- totally. Why? Well, that's why I give them. Now, Kyle's good at it because he naturally wants to run it. <laughs> like that's he would just call run plays. He would have ran it into the end zone if he didn't think like this trick play is going to work. He, he was going to keep running the ball. Like they, I was fully prepared for a twenty-four year, uh, play drive that ended in a, in a one-yard Jimmy sneak on third and goal. You know that that's what he was headed toward, which is cool to watch. And I think I say this all the time about Niners. Like if you're a fan of the team, their best teams even before you and I were really born or in the eighties when we didn't even really exist mentally, <laughs> you know, the, those Niner teams in the eighties with Walsh had a great defense. Those yeah. Seifert teams in the nineties had a great defense. Those Harbaugh teams had a great defense. The Niners team this year, like their defense makes plays. Now this defense is not as good, obviously to me as those other defenses or their 19 defense, but their defense just does have players. And if their corners can just be, functional you don't need Jalen Ramsey and Deion Sanders right if they can just be functional because you can't run on them and Greenlaw who you know could have <laughs> he could have kicked him out of the game probably a couple times but Fred him and Fred Warner poor man's version Bowman Willis they're just making every tackle and then when you have to pass those guys are just shoving offensive linemen into Stafford's face like it felt like you see it better on TV I'm sure was Stafford just constantly getting guys pushed back into him oh all the time yeah, I mean, all nonstop. Time. He was under pressure. I mean, in his defense, he was under pressure a ton. All Niners time. with the uh, fifth most ru- or fifth most rush attempts in the NFL this year, which is saying something because it's not like they were playing from ahead all the time. No, right? I don't know if that's entering play today. Who knows if any of these stats update? But um, Ravens probably still really high, but are skewed because they've been missing quarterbacks and they've been down in games. Right? Who even knows? Like they to me, the and their Ravens, quarterbacks run, and their quarterbacks run. Yeah. Are they one, the Ravens? No, Titans, Eagles, Ravens, Saints, Niners. I don't know if the Titans number. I mean, the Titans leading the league for by like week, yeah. whatever week Derrick Henry got hurt in. And the, and the Eagles quarterback runs too, right? So that's an yeah. extra seven, eight carries a game. Yeah. They they actually might lead the league in rushing, total rushing yards. How about they Mike did, Vrabel? the Eagles. Mike did. Vrabel's the number one overall seed. He's going to buy. It's incredible. Like, well, I don't my, think my, they're my, a one seed, but. Yeah, my point on them is it was a really big deal for them to – yeah, they are. (laughs) They get the bye. Like, the Rams had a lot to play. Oh, one other thing real quick before we move on. I just want to put this up because I had it here. Niners, point – James Palmer tweeted, according to Next Gen Stats, the Niners had the lowest win probability, 0.4% of any team that would go on to win since they started tracking in 2016. For context, the Patriots over the Falcons of the Super Bowl, they had a win probability of 0.8%. Did you see the stat that Sean McVay had never lost – Leading a game at halftime in his career, forty-five and zero. I couldn't believe that. Forty-five and zero. And, and by the way, up seventeen to three. Three. Seven. Forty-five and zero. That's a large sample size, isn't it? I mean, that's a lot of games. 
incredible. <laughs> I mean, that is a conversation maybe for this. Like, you win six in a row against somebody? Six in a row? Uh, so check this out. So somebody, I guess I missed it. I don't know if you caught it in the post-game interview that Derek Carr said that the timeout that Brandon Staley took before the third and four play with like 38, 39 seconds left changed the Raiders' mindset. Then somebody, real Super Dave, Super Stats Dave, if you want to watch the video, but I'll stream it right here. Look at the video of Austin Eckler. He's saying he thinks Austin's being told right there by one of the Raiders that oh, you when you guys called the timeout, he's like, really, man? The people are guessing that maybe the Raiders were going to kneel on it and just finish off the game with a tie. But in any event, they won, John, and Derek Carr is going to play in the playoffs for the first time in his career. You know, he's he's like Andy Dufresne going through the shit. And this is by far. And he's had some crazy-ass years. Buried football, a move. This is this takes the cake, guy. I mean, guy, they had a DUI, allegedly, a week ago. Think about that. By a, by a starting player. By a starting player. Now, I, I don't get as caught up. Like, if you or I got a DUI, you go to work. You know, it's not. People are like, you shouldn't play. Well, if you get a DUI, you get to go to work the next day, If you, assuming you get out of jail. But for him to make the playoffs, I, I even think just bigger picture, him, Rich, to lead this team to 10 wins, to 10 fucking wins, the Raiders went 10-7. and seven. Like, the Niners' 10-7 and seven season isn't that remarkable. They, they, they underachieved. We agree there. Like, they, they are a 12-win. When it comes to their talent, they are better than their record. The Raiders, who could have easily been a 10-11 win team before their star receiver, their tight end disappeared forever because he was injured and then he got covid like they went 10 and 7 how is it possible that they had a better season than the chargers the reason i wanted them to beat the chargers obviously rooting for Derek and want to see him get the chargers don't deserve to squeak into the playoffs they didn't deserve to get a tie justin herbert the class of quarterbacks he was in with 35 plus touchdowns were him mahomes stafford brady rogers all of them won divisions this guy missed the playoffs Missed the playoffs. And it's not Herbert's fault. Like, I got about 10 texts when you and I were just watching the game. This guy's remarkable, because he is. But the Raiders made the playoffs over the Chargers. They were, Chargers at one point in time were 4-1. and one. They had a quarterback who was, who you could argue could be the starter in the AFC at quarterback. Him or Mahomes, flip a coin. And... Obviously, Mahomes, you know, it's more his team wins more, but it's not watch Herbert. It's not his fault. This fucking coach goes for it nonstop. Like Brent, Brandon Staley, going for it in your own red zone. I guess in in the other team's red zone. No, yeah, down three at his own eighteen yard line with eight minutes left in the third quarter. What are you that's, doing? That's malpractice, guy. And my my issue with him is, you just can't talk like he talks, and then do what he does, and have me take you seriously. I, I think he's putting on, and I, I've talked to some, I know some coaches with the Raiders, and maybe they just, you just don't like your competition, even though I think like Kyle likes Sean McVay. But I know their Raider staff thought he was a kind of full of fucking baloney. You know, he's not, you watch Tomlin or Sean Payton or Kyle or even Sean talk, feels relatively real. This guy feels like he's, he's a California politician. He's saying one thing and doing another. And it's just something about that guy I got. I just got a red flag on him. Now I don't. I don't not acting like he's the village idiot. He's Tom Sula. Like he's a solid. Like he's not an idiot, but I think he kind of knows what he's doing, and he used the media oh, to. Cool. And it's it's. But I not many coaches. You know, I think he started doing it heavily 
as the season kind of went the other way. It was kind of timed perfectly. I think I think I've been watching his press conference at the beginning of the year. I think it's what he's been since the beginning. Just goes the extra mile to explain things, and you know, uh, I see. I think you see it a lot in college, where coaches just know how to work it. I think you see it a lot with players who know how to work it. Um, I don't think California has the politicians cornered the market on that. Like, I think it's a pretty common thing. No, I know, but I'm just because that's I what think I'm as used time, to. As time guys, goes on, and on bad. as time goes on and on, the more TV that's out there, the more press conferences that are out there for people to watch the easier it is to copy a lack of authenticity and the easier it is to fake a lack of authenticity because the fact is that authenticity doesn't come from uh authenticity comes over time you can learn who's real and who's not and uh you know the fact is that that i think sometimes we we um you get to skip ahead like Generally, the people in your life whose opinions you value are people who you've gotten to know over a period of time and you learn to trust that their opinion is of value to you. But it doesn't always work like that in the public sphere because you don't get to be around people every day. You don't get to see what they're like at their worst. And it's easy to get up there for 30 minutes and fake it if you want to. Some guys don't want to. Right. Bill doesn't want to, although there might be somebody that says, oh, no, Bill does that on purpose for a whole other reason. But whatever. That's a separate conversation. But. I think it was incredible, John. His team lost to the Denver Broncos by 60, what, 15 points in November. Then they lost to the Texans in December. They got blown out Kill. by the Texans in December. And I think the thing with him is it does seem like it is like he kind of talks like he's got all the answers, but his team does not look like a team that has all the answers. And if they're, they're, they're no different than they were when they ran Anthony Lynn off. It's the, now, actually, I shouldn't say that. They are different. For the most part, they've managed games that you and I have talked about this, managed games at the end better. But, like, is, Ju- is Justin Herbert it, – it feels. I'll tell you what it feels like to me right now, January Sunday night, January 9th, that Justin Herbert's going to be year four in the league on his third different head coach. Yeah. Did, did you see the thing, uh, that Dean Pease video that went viral? No. Where he, t- where he talked about coaches. He thought a lot of coaches in the NFL now skip steps. They just want to be like famous and gum up. There's so much money on the line. And it, to me, anytime that you put money and fame, and that's what football coaching has really become. I mean, super wealth. That you get guys like Brandon Saley. Now, I disagreed with some of Dean Pease was talking about, like, uh, you know, kind of obsessed with analytics. But, it, but he was talk, talking about real people. And he's like, can you get in front of a player and, like, the player really bond with you? Like, can you interact with people? And there's an element to Staley where he feels like he's just studied how to play them. You follow the Thanos Thanos trial at all? Like how yeah. I, I was listening Theranos. to the podcast. Theranos. Thanos is the bad guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, good, good call. <laughs> Theranos. Crazy story. I mean, the way she did it. But I one, one I was listening to the Shamath has his podcast, and they were saying like one of all her in. best attributes was that she convinced the media that it was real and they got behind her. So it was hard for the investors to even question it because it was like such glowing and she knew what she was doing. And part of it was right. The board of directors that she, that she put together was one that no one would question. Right. It was no, like a I mean, some of them like, a, yeah, pulled some prize. It had a like ex general, like it was high level people like in like salt of the earth people. Like it was impressive. The people that she put together, but their point was like a huge part of it was, the media bought it hook, line, and sinker because they wanted it to be true. They wanted this female Steve Jobs, and she was smart, and everyone backed her up. And it was the media. The media saw Brandon Staley talk about 
the John Gruden thing, and then, and I'm not saying he was even lying with that, but the the fucking going for twos and 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 everything is. You watch Rich Piscaccia now; he's older. I can't say his name right, but you just see a real guy. Like I, I so, watch, and I'm like, I, I, I this is my biggest issue with frauds. Do they act differently the moment the camera's off and they just go behind the closed doors with their wife or their friends? Like, do they just become a different human? How's that possible? Maybe see, I don't know if it's like necessarily. That. I don't know if it's necessarily that with him. I think. I think, and this is the Theranos thing. Part of it is if you don't have a science background, it's really easy to get fooled by Theranos. <laughs> like if you don't know what you're looking for, right? And that's what the board of directors is supposed to be like. Remember, there was one professor at Stanford that saw her presentation and was like, "This is complete bullshit. Like this is not not even not even there's possible. No way this works. Yeah, it's not. The possible. problem is you put all these smart people on your board who don't actually. This is not their area of expertise. And I think the same thing happens. In the media, football is really complicated. And the people that do it at the highest level are playing a game that most of us aren't watching, right? Like, there are several levels to the to the chess they're playing that most people just don't understand. Of course, they've dedicated their lives to that. You've dedicated your life to something else. There's something else that you understand that football coaches probably have a hard time booking their own car reservation. That's not what they do. They coach football, so they're experts at it. And anything you're an expert at, you can hold court at. If the other if the people you're talking to don't fully understand every aspect, can't press you on an issue, that kind of thing. It's not to say people that cover the sport don't know it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there is a similarity when you can kind of, you know, talk it in a certain way. We well, love I that. think I think one thing that he does over the top that like Harbaugh doesn't necessarily even do. And he's an analytic. They, they go for it a lot. He knows the media loves that because like that's like the intellectual you know, it's kind of their background. They view themselves. I feel they view themselves in Brandon Staley. And when you look at Brandon Staley's resume compared to Rich tonight, Rich has been in the league for 25 years. This guy became a head coach. He was in Division One AA or Division Two. John Carroll like six years ago. It was crazy. And I think it's just how this guy become a head coach. You can't tell me if Rich is the coach of the Chargers, they're in the playoffs. Like it's just a happening. He just knows what he's – he just – he could lead a group. Like, you watch the Chargers, the thing, the difference between the Raiders and them was, like, they were all kind of together. Now, the Chargers just had Herbert kind of go, you know, LeBron or Shaq or something, just like, I'll carry you. But that's really, really hard when another team is, you know, pretty solid too and they're together and the, your offensive line's getting their ass kicked. But his just constant bullshit is just something that I, I – to lose that game, to not make the playoffs with a quarterback – like. Look at his numbers relative to Derek. Derek just would like have to win. Like Derek, who was he throwing to? Zay fucking Jones? Hunter's good. But Waller finally came back. That, you know, I, I think these guys are so obsessed. People that like, again, I, it's not like I even watch the shows. You couldn't pay me to watch NFL Live or the shows, you know, before the games come on. But I think a lot of people with like journalism backgrounds or, you know, me, not former players or whatever, are very drawn to the analytical people. We've seen it in the other sports. And I think Brandon kind of saw that to verbalize it, like you said. And he kind of knew. Like Harbaugh doesn't, Harbaugh yeah. will say, I'll go for it or not. But he doesn't, he's not trying to kiss your ass. I don't even think it's was. about the analytics. I think it's about Staley. I think you just see that explaining things is a market inefficiency, like taking time to explain things to the media is a market inefficiency, right? Most coaches, and I don't really have a problem with it, don't go like deep, deep into detail. They got other things to worry about. Their job is not to coach the media. If you do the job on your own and then you come to the coach with a good question, then you know they appreciate that, whatever. Um, 
But I, I thought the same thing. I made the point earlier about Basaccia. Like somewhere along the way, he probably gave up on his dream of becoming a head coach. Although somebody told me he tried to get a college job. I think he's interviewed but, definitely in the last like decade for sure. I've, I, yeah, I've seen so maybe maybe he never gave up on it. He thought maybe he could become a, a head coach still at some point. But somewhere had to, along had the way, to, had to cross his mind though it wasn't going to happen. Absolutely right. He's sixty-one years old. It's just Vic Fangio had been an elite, elite, elite defensive coach. Mike Zimmer had been an elite, elite defensive coach, and it took him a while. A- Arians Here he is sixty-one. Arians, uh, Sean, Sean. Um, I want to say Sean McDonough, Sean McDermott, right? Um, so all those guys, and then and then here's Staley who's at John Carroll five years ago, right? So I could understand if you're rich, there being something deep within you that he represents. But forget about the press conferences. Just like I have to do it for all the for all the guys like me. I have uh, – this is not – this is going to sound probably like it's going to become an anti-analytics thing, but it's not. I think there are a lot of things in life and anything, and I see it in TV. You, I'm, I'm sure there are like expert chefs that see it. The food processor comes along, and all of a sudden – Anybody can make a good pastry. You don't have to actually know how to get the dough together. And most of the time it works. Most of the times the shortcuts that make life better work. Automatic transmission, right? It's just why would anybody argue against automatic transmission for most of our daily lives? It's it's perfect. But there are, all, there are moments in any industry when you need somebody who knows how to do it on their own. You just need it. I would bet if we talk to anybody in any industry, whether it was broadcasting or football coaching or cooking, chefing, taxi driving, all of a sudden the internet, the cell signal goes out, and I got to get you to the airport in 35 minutes, and I don't have ways. For the most part, life can go on without it. Maybe you can make better decisions more often with it. But there are just things that occur. And it's not just about coaching the game. It's about running a locker room, which is, I think, pretty consistently an underrated part. If for Not for the coaches, it's not underrated, but for everyone who talks about coaching, I think running your, managing your team is a pretty underrated aspect of it all. Yeah, and for those of you, if you're listening to this podcast, we were live on YouTube when the ending was going for like uh, basically the fourth quarter and all of overtime. And I had missed a lot of the game. And when we got on to just start bullshitting, when that game was in like the third quarter, you had told me about I the knew moment. I knew I set you off. <laughs> you had told me about the moment. And I think that's one of the most egregious er- errors, even the wrong word, moves in the history of the NFL. That, that is that is Since the merger. If he benefits a little bit from being the Chargers, can you imagine if that was Kyle Shanahan, if that was Mike McCarthy, if that was the Philadelphia Eagles, if that if somehow – I. Probably not, but let's say Joe Judge was good. You know, I'm just talking about something that Joe Judge Packers, did something else on Sunday that was amazing. The, the Packers, the Steelers, he he does benefit from kind of flying under the. I also feel like he's kind of taking advantage of some media, like with the Chargers. You know, is, is the A team. I'm not trying to talk shit about the people that cover. It's a hard sports. You know, I respect. It's not easy. I couldn't do it. But that that move is something rich. Rich would have jumped off Allegiant Stadium, fucking headfirst before he did that. Just out of, like, you just, this is ultimately football. Like, we've all, like, there is a basic level. I was sitting next to this, you know, probably 55-year-old woman, big Rams fan. I could, she was, like, texting and, you know, calling her sister, like, 17, 17. She's really in it. B- basic level football. And, hell, she might be really knowledgeable. You don't need to be Belgian. Like, that is one of the, that is the craziest thing. I, I need to go back and actually watch. 
That's insane. It was, it was crazy. I mean, the fact that it was eight minutes left in the third quarter, down by three. And I don't know what percentage. I haven't seen yet the percentage they gained on it. Like, if they had gotten it, what their – I think it was a 45% chance of winning play the game. That, how can you play that at your 18-yard line, though, that percentage? Because well, I'm saying that the percent the, the percentage would factor in the 18, but it's like, you know, the, the, the irony is the game, the way the game ended, they got back in the game, but they had to scratch and claw like hell to get back in the game because after that moment, the Raiders score and the game got away from them for almost it looked like the rest of the game. Yeah, it's crazy. It's I'm with you. It's one of the craziest decisions I've seen a coach make in a, in a big game. Well, think about this. They may win the game just outright and be in the playoffs right now because they got a field goal. And it ended up as a tie game going to overtime, right? That 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 error cost them a field goal. Cost them a field goal. And the one thing you saw with the Niner game and that game, I'm sure we'll see this, you know, Bama, Georgia, who we, we could use Bama going money line, is these points in these big games, mistakes are really under a microscope. And they can snowball and points. You play the game where that's – I can't believe you did that. I, I really can't. Now I it is, I, I know I'm sure the Spanos gives him the go ahead to do whatever. That's that's crazy guy. He didn't. They, I guess uh, my point is he didn't deserve to win the game when he did that. No, and you know what the Ra- this goes back to. I I I'm glad you said that because I thought the the Raiders did deserve to be a playoff team. There have been other years where they didn't deserve to be a playoff team, right? This year they deserved it. Everything that I just I can't believe that this Raiders team won this playoff game. And is in the playoffs. And I think a lot like what I said about Garoppolo and Grit, like Derek has not been perfect down the stretch, but he's played some, uh, he's made winning plays three straight weeks coming into this week. And he made some winning play. I was, I'm most happy for Rich probably uh, in terms of the moment, but big picture for Derek. I'm most happy for Derek because he, he deserves to play, to not be the guy that hasn't played in a playoff game because he plays, for the historically inept Raiders. And he has gotten them to the playoffs. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's ham fifty for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Price picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught 
seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I do think that the way the matchup fell, now we know the Bengals with Higgins and Burrow, that's kind of a win. I don't think that's a – I think the Raiders can win that game. They can beat the Bengals, right? Like they get, they get a playoff game where I don't think it's insane at all. We'll see what the point spread is probably already out. Like I could see betting the Raiders plus three or four. I, I mean, they got blown out by them the first time, right? Oh, yeah, they did play <laughs> in Vegas. They did get their ass kicked. I would say they were reeling then. They awoke post then. I thought that game was going to end their I thought that game had killed them. I thought the game ended their season. I, then I they went they Thursday and beat the Cowboys after that. Derek was 20 of 36, 186, two touchdowns, no picks. I thought he made some humongous throws in the game. I thought he made some huge throws. You guys watch a different game than the rest of us, says G. I thought Derek, for three straight weeks, just did not play perfect football, but consi- now four straight weeks, but consistently that's, made winning plays. That's the first game of the week, huh? Saturday, 1 o'clock. That is. Yeah. Yep. So they, get, they do get a short week, but they were at home. Who did the Bengals play today? Yeah, kind of crazy to go Sunday night to the early Saturday game. That's true. Did the Bengals uh, have a game today? They were yeah, but today. they didn't. They they lost to the Browns. Did that even the, matter? Nobody played. I mean, um, he Joe just, Burrow didn't play. Wow. Brandon Allen started. Yeah, I mean, Case I, Keenum and Brandon Allen. Oh, ba- oh, oh, yeah. Baker has shoulder surgery or whatever. Huh? Yeah, it's time to call it. Which I I. I support. I support it. But yeah, that game is going to be at 1.30 Pacific on NBC. Is that going to be... What's NBC's second crew? Is it going to be Tariko and Breeze calling that game? Maybe get Mayock, they did, they did Notre get Mayock out, of, Mayock out of the booth? I was, you know, that's the other thing I was thinking. I'm like, here we are. 
That'd be pretty like legendary. Go, John. Could you? I was do that? thinking Gruden. I was thinking Gruden. Yeah. Could you? Could you do? Would he do that? Would he agree? No. no. You don't. You don't think so. I don't think so. Do you? My socks are so smelly. I had to take them off. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> do you think? Do you think Gruden would do that? Call the Raider game. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? I just I didn't realize like what game ESPN is ESPN have Vegas Bengals. No, no, and that's what I'm saying. NBC has Vegas Bengals, so I think uh, it's probably Tarico and Breeze. Yeah. ESPN, ESPN has the, has the Monday night game. That's right, Cardinals Rams, which is gonna have the Mannings on it too. Um, so those those two games to have that much that was awesome. That was some of the coolest stretches of football in the history of the league. Because we talk about this a lot. Sometimes you get unlucky, right? They're not a game that matters. Both teams. Now the Chargers, I mean the Raider Charger, whoever lost was out. And if the Niners lost, like the Rams were in. They, they did not need to win the game. And it turns out they ended up winning. But the, the, the drama, the intensity of those two games, that was fucking badass. That was really just badass. You could just feel the tension. I think you'll see this tomorrow in the if assuming the game's tight. This is where playoff football just goes to another level. Unlike basketball or baseball, you don't get another game. Like there's not seven game series. You just like God, are they gonna lose? Are they gonna win? It's finite, it's over. You're just on the edge of your seat. I know. Here's the uh the schedule, by the way. Most people might know it, but let's talk about it. Raiders Bengals is your one thirty Pacific Saturday. Then your 5.15 Saturday is Patriots-Bills. Sunday, the day starts at 10 a.m. Pacific, eagles box. Then Niners-Cowboys at 1.30. Then Steelers-Chiefs at 5.15. And then Monday is Cardinals-Rams. Would, uh, would you say the Cowboys-Niners-Patriot-Bills, two best games of the weekend? Uh, yes, I would say that, which is kind of, I mean, I guess the chief Steeler game will do a massive number. But they kill but, them. That's a tough matchup for the Steelers, isn't it? Well, I know, but I, I just, I would rather that game be on Sunday night, Niners-Cowboys. Like, I did a thing on Friday, I mentioned to you, and a bunch of people have been sending me messages. The Niners-Cowboys, I've seen some people on here guessing. The Niners-Cowboys, uh, NFC Championship in 1995 is still the fourth most watched conference championship game ever. O over 56 million people watched it. Now, you're not going to get 56 million people watching this, but when I said that I when I posted that on like Friday night or Thursday night, Friday night, multiple people sent me messages like, "Oh, that that was different back then. It was Cowboys Niners. They were huge. They had just met the year before." Yeah, it was different, but the Cowboys are still Probably the number one attraction in the NFL from a television rating standpoint. And the Niners are an absolute tier one behemoth still. Like, it's going to be humongous. This is, I mean, the only thing the NFL would change is they would make this the NFC championship game this year if they could. Uh, that to me is, it's hard to get better than that unless you had like, I don't know, they would probably tell you like Eagles Giants or something. Well, there's, right. a there's a decent chance in the second round of the NFC playoff. I mean, there's not a decent chance. You're getting Packers, Rams, and Niners or Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. That's pretty good, the second round. Yeah. So Brady versus the Cowboys or the Niners, <sighs> and Packers versus Sean McVay in, in right. Green Bay. How, is how would Stafford win that game? He couldn't, could he? I don't think he would. No. 
I don't have a lot of confidence in him right now. Yeah. Or any. I feel like Jimmy can go to I shouldn't say any. I do have some. I mean, he made some plays, I thought, that were that were pretty incredible. So He's played there a bunch over his career. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has. Uh, Big Ben into the playoffs. Colts got their ass kicked from the Jags. I'm just running through some of the notes. Pats are just terrible in Miami at the end of the year. I, I can't explain it. It wouldn't have mattered, uh, though, right, because the Bills beat the Jets. So, like, they even if they won, I mean, it would have been good for us if they covered, but the Bills won the division when they beat the Jets. Yeah. It was it was good for our bet. But I do think that's a big game they, for Sean McDermott because you have the Monday night game, then you beat him again with Allen. Now you get him at home. You can kind of you win him, you beat him twice. I think people will forgive you at the Monday night game. But you Hell lose, yeah, they will. But you lose. I'd say that's the most pressure. I think the most pressure is on Sean McDermott and Mike McCarthy. That sounds like a good topic for this week. I like that. Uh, McCarthy. Um, yeah, I. What's McCarthy? I, what is it? I would six? say I would add a third coach, which is the Rams Cardinals game. I think Cliff has a huge amount of pressure on him, and I think Sean kind of has a little pressure on. Like Sean went all in, John, for Matthew Stafford, all all in for Matthew Stafford. They can't lose the first round of the Cardinals, who've lost. By the way, not enough L's to cover. I think they've lost five, four or five or five or six now, the Cardinals. Yeah. Lost in Seattle on Sunday. So I, mean, I, I like your list. Didn't they get killed? Uh, I think it ended up being kind of close by the end. I didn't see a ton of that game. 38 to 29, I think the final score was or something. Okay. So you said McDermott. Who, who was the other coach you said? McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah. Ton you of pressure on McCarthy. You, you, McCarthy, you can't lose a home playoff game. Kyle, in a weird way, has just house you know, money. <laughs> it's not house money because they no, it's not house. They money. underachieved. You know the thing with the Raiders, the Raiders achieved and overachieved to get ten and seven. It was that was an awesome ten and seven season. It was cool the way the Niners got there, but ten and seven was a letdown season, right? They should have been in the mix for the division. Yeah, t- ten and se- because ten and seven is nine and seven. Really, I think that's one thing I would say from this season. Is ten? And, we wondered this. Be like, is ten and seven, nine and seven, or is it ten and six? Like, which one does it feel like? I'd say it feels a little closer to nine and seven than it does ten and six. Which, or at least the the record represents at ten and seven a team that looks like a nine and seven, not a team that looks like a ten and six. Would you agree with that? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So should this be a twelve and five team? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like eighteen weeks, a lot of football. Like you put your resume out there. All the matters they're in. So both of them. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, the Giants, I would encourage you, we're not going to describe the Giants play. Dan Campbell said we're not running a clown show, and then they went out and uh, won a football game. Um, I I did think this watching some of Detroit's highlights, and we've talked about this over the course of the year. Detroit, for a 3-13-1 team, I find them pretty likable. <laughs> like, they're, they're in a lot of games. They beat the Packers. Didn't really matter for the Packers today. But Did Jared Goff play in that game? Goff played. He was 21 to 30 for 238, two touchdowns, no picks. And there was some question as to whether he would play because he had some knee issue. Yeah. So I give him credit. And uh, the other thing I'll, I'll add here, J- Milkoff's got clearly like some back problems. I don't know. What's his? I just don't have a bad, bad couch. Are you, yeah, oh, you're terrible. like, are you hunched kind of? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm, I mean, I'm Kirk Herbstreit. You just, this is guy. Yeah, this is Thursday <laughs> night week. Um, Clay, any other NFL? There's no live stream tomorrow until later in the day, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, later like in the day. Four. Yeah. Um, anything? I mean, there's a ton of NFL stuff. We'll have to. We'll, we will do another YouTube stream, live stream. YouTube. I, I, I need to watch some Dallas Cowboy. I mean, I. 
I did not watch him play. I haven't really been that locked into him in the last month. Like, I mean, is, I does, does Dak scare you? Because he doesn't really to me. No, although he, I saw him dot a ball, John, on we Saturday. Threw, threw five some of the game that I saw. Early in the game, he threw a, a sideline ball over an outstretched hand of a defender. That was a pretty good ball. Didn't have a lot of heat on it, but um, but it was an impressive throw. Uh, I get Harbaugh's not getting hired this week. I'm just trying to empty the take on empty the tank on takes here. Harbaugh's not getting hired by the Raiders this week. So Clay Thompson, I watched Clay's. I maybe you'll see the. I would encourage you just to at least find the starting lineups. You know, I love starting lineups. It looked like you got into the stadium pretty early. Who sang the anthem today at SoFi? Anybody in particular? I, not famous, no. I love not, being not, in the stadium. And I, I love the anthem. Oh, really? It, was, it wasn't. That's because you love the anthem. You, you, you're high, high standard. Um, I love being, to me, if I'm going to the game, I got to get into the stadium. I want to be in there. I don't want to be walking in as like we're three minutes away and the thing's starting. Like you need the amp up, right? It was It was packed with like five, six minutes left. Five guess, six minutes left as like mean? before the game. Like it was. Oh okay. Like how long were you in there before the game started? Like look like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. 30, I mean, I got we got there at like eleven fifteen. Oh, so you got in there really early. Yeah, but it was pretty packed in there at eleven fifteen. You, I think you I love get there. I, I am now. It doesn't football starting lineups don't quite. I love the run out for college. I would say that's probably the equivalent. I don't know how were how were was, the, was there like a ladies and gentlemen, your and they run out of the field with smoke. Do they do anything like that? Yeah, they, the defense ran out, you know, so it was like they're starting gotcha. defense. Solidarity. Um, but I love when it's like, and here come Larry Izzo and the Patriots defense. Look at this. They've never done this before. But to me, starting lineups for baseball and basketball are just, I love the show of it. And the Warriors starting lineups tonight, Clay Thompson's return, were pretty good. Obviously, he went last. Draymond started the game, even though he was hurt, was not going to play. Saw that. Which was cool. What, what did you just call a timeout right away? Yeah, or they committed a foul real quick, I think. And um, and so they did like this, the clay. And it was, you could tell it was pretty special to clay. And the place was was going pretty nuts. It was pretty cool. Pretty good to see that guy back. Special night, guy. Special night. I think he, do you think if you did an anonymous poll of Warrior fans, they said, okay, one guy can go for 30 can go for 45 tonight would 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 they definitely choose staff i feel like people would choose clay if we well, had a vote point, at, at this point in time i think clay would get some votes at for this sure. point yeah and then he scored the first bucket of the game which is pretty cool that's so, awesome uh all right there's a lot of other stuff that happened on uh on sunday that we didn't get to anything you want to add here that's all i got no no you've you've uh, uh Yeoman's work. Yeoman's work as an old newspaper writer. Well, this is like a three and a half hour pod because we watched, you know, for hour twenty. Yeah, right? I mean, we're at two forty right now. Yeah, we watched an hour of the end of the Raider game. Yeah. So guess Impressive. guess the rating for Niners Cowboys. We can do that later in the week if yeah, you want. I don't, you I don't know. <laughs> I'm fried. All right, good work, Middlecoff. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. I mean, I mean, just look at the YouTube numbers. We could go another. Uh, Go till midnight. See when it starts to drop off. We got we got them all week, bro. We got them all, all week. right. We will go live on YouTube um, on Monday afternoon ish, evening ish. We'll see. Keep yeah, an eye out for that. Championships on, so we'll, we'll yeah, have to figure that we'll, out. We'll later. figure that out. We'll do we'll do some scheduling. Appreciate the sacrifice, says uh, says Mike on the stream. So good work, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. Adios, everybody. I gotta hit end.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.